We had a good little minute or so of music. And, uh, <laughs> now we're into the podcast and video time. And, um, so, a couple things before we, uh, delve into the meat and taters of this podcast and video, um, as y'all know, cigar um do the like share subscribe trying to get this thing to burn evenly like share subscribe you're on if you're on YouTube or the podcast world this is panic attack with big John you can find me on Twitter Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at, at the real underscore Big John. Still waiting on Twitter to verify me. It's <laughs> so funny. Friends of mine made that Twitter handle up for me when I was just. Um, I had just, like, heard about it, and they were, like, really into it and, like, leaving Facebook and stuff like that to, uh, um, whatever, um, they thought it was a better platform and it was going to be the downfall of Facebook, but most people didn't jump on Twitter till uh, Donald Trump got on there and that was before he was president and people were just going off oh man look at what Trump's saying on Twitter and blah 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 so I um was driving along today in my automobile and uh I was going a little in excess of the speed limit just a little. I was going like 78 and a 70. And um, really there's no... From 0 to 5 miles an hour over in the great state of Ohio, at least, uh, there's no... Good evening from my home. Hope you had a great 4th of July. I don't care I'm Lena about Good evening from your home. How do I get off my damn screen? 
So, uh, anyways, in Ohio, from zero to five miles an hour, there's no no fine, no points on your license. Uh, then from like five to ten miles an hour over, you know, there's like, I think no points and a minimal fine. I don't really know. I just know a state trooper told me one time, if, you know, you're going nine miles an hour over the speed limit, they won't pull you over. But if you're going 11 miles an hour over the speed limit, they'll stop you and give you at least a warning. Uh, and that's, you know, after he wrote me a ticket and, uh, <laughs> cause I was going that at that time I was going way more than, uh, eight or nine miles an hour over the speed limit. But anyways, that's another story. Like we, you know, when you first start driving, even though I didn't get my license till I was 25. So in driving years, you know. I was still, you know, young. And you hear your friends say a lot of stupid shit like, oh, I drive 80 miles an hour everywhere I go. And I never get pulled over. Well, every time I drove 80 miles an hour <laughs> in a 65 uh, speed limit zone back then, I got pulled over. So don't listen to your idiot friends is the moral to the story. But uh, I saw a, a police officer... Uh, female cop post a, a video and well somebody shared it uh, she's talking about you know how the left lane is the passing lane and the right lane is the slow lane so if you're going the speed limit or lower you go in the right hand lane on a four lane highway if you're going, you know, the speed, the limit, or above, the, then you go into the left lane, and then once you've passed the car that's going slow, then you go back to the right lane until there's another car for you to pass. This isn't complicated, okay? But some people get in that left lane, and they just do, 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 do stay there forever, man. Uh, so, well, anyway, so that was, uh, I, I experienced that today. Then I came home and I saw, uh, like I said, a woman cop in her uniform, in her car, you know, talking about this. And then a buddy of mine posted it, uh, the same thing on Facebook. If you're in the left lane and you're going slow, Move over to the right lane. You know, oh, just stupid stuff. I tell you, more, I think, you know, in the state of Ohio, they have this, uh, you get, you get your uh, driver's test one time. Normally when you're 16, but for me it was 25 years old. And uh, after that, you never get tested again. And I think it's that way in all 50 states. Well, I'm here to tell you, I think people should be retested at least every five years. Now, in Ohio, we have this stupid thing where there's a, 
they put five cones out and it's supposed to simulate parallel parking. There's like a, a point cone, then there's two cones here, and then you go approximately a car length and there's two more cones. So you have to drive through this little obstacle course, line your rear bumper up with the point cone, and then back, back through the little obstacle course and line your front bumper up with the last two cones. And if you hit a cone and knock it over, uh, or anything like that, you, you failed your driver's test. At least that's how it was when I took it. Uh, and going back to when I was 16 and in high school, that's how it was. And the, the legend was every kid failed their first driver's license test because they hit a cone. And some kids it took four or five tries to, you know, take to do it. But um, it's just the dumbest thing in the world, that maneuverability. But everybody should be retested every five years at least, in my opinion, uh, in, in all 50 states. Because, you know, you need a, a refresher or, or your head pulled out of your ass. You know, I mean, there needs to be like a written test and a, a driving exam. Uh, maybe every 10 years, I don't know, or or something, something needs to happen. So there's just too many people out there that like, don't know how to use a turn signal. They don't know which lane they should be in if they're going slow or fast or, you know, like the proper uh, uh, proper distance when you're after you, when you're passing somebody, you know, you come around them like yo, like so, and then they want to just cut right in front of you. Well, I was always taught you look in your rear view mirror, you hold your lane, the left lane, and you look in your mirror, and when you can see the other car, the other car's tires touching the road, that's when you ha know you have a safe distance to get over. Because by the time you can see their wheels touching the road in your rear view mirror, you're a car length or so ahead of them. So, anyways, fucking I don't know. Um, so, Major League Basketball, Baseball, is fitting to start um, right soon. Um, I thought it was tomorrow. But, um, it's... Because Fox was advertising a double header on Sat, they said on Saturday, and this lady's gonna start talking again. Maybe not. Maybe I'm lucky. Um, yeah, they're gonna start next Saturday with baseball, July 25th. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, the Wild Indians, have. Um, Decided they don't want to be called the Indians anymore. They basically did away with the Chief Wahoo uh, char char character as their mascot uh, a few years ago, officially. And now, like on their merchandise and hats and things, uh, there's just the letter C. 
for Cleveland. Duh. But uh, now in the last week or so, for some reason because of George Floyd being murdered, uh, they've decided they're going to do away with the name Indians altogether. And so... In that process, you know, like the Washington Redskins have done away with the name Redskins. And, uh, you know, the descendants of the person who uh, helped come up with the Redskin logo and the name uh, have spoken out. I heard a Native American man say that, you know, when they first integrated football, that was the only team that would take Native American players I don't know if he's correct about that or not, but, uh, you know, he named some names like Jim Thorpe and some others, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, but come next week, Cleveland doesn't have a, a nickname or a mascot for their baseball team. So, uh, I mean, what are they going to say in the next week? Um... A Youngstown television station did a poll of their viewers, and the two nicknames that came came in first and second, uh, number one was the tribe, or just tribe, but how is that just going to someday, you know, become... uh, as evil, you know, made as evil and wicked as Indians. I mean, what, you know, still the same connotation, I I, I guess, um, is what some people said. Of course, the people that said that are the same people that said, well, why didn't they just nickname the team the tribe like I said five years ago? Well, you can't shut up. Uh, (laughs) So... Behind the name, uh, well, pardon me, the second place name was the Spiders. And they were the Spiders uh, before they were the Indians. Uh, They were the Cleveland Spiders, which is kind of, unless you're an arachnophobe, it's kind of cool, I guess. I don't know, real creepy to me, but I think it would be cool. Um... So, in a move most thought the club would never make, uh, WKYC and Cleveland reports, the Cleveland Indians announced Friday night, this was like the Friday before the 4th of July, actually, uh, they had begun discussions about possibly changing the name they've held for 105 years. Uh, It's a step that that has polarized commentators fans with me- commentators and fans with many remembering their fond memories of the tribe see there's that nickname the tribe that's what most people call them uh, of the tribe over the preceding decades while also wondering if the moniker is offensive to native americans therefore inappropriate to continue <laughs> You know, it's been said over and over again that 
you know, people name their teams with names that, uh, you know, represent strength, power, winning, uh, things like that. And, yeah, you know, a long time ago, people, uh, as we were moving westward, did some terrible things to the Native Americans. Uh, it did go both ways. You know, a lot of the early settlers uh, were attacked by Native American tribes just because, well, we were on land that they, that was theirs. You know, these white Europeans came and set up shop on their land and they had always fought for their land. You know, they didn't just wander around all lovey-dovey. Different tribes fought with each other over land. So when, you know, the, the white settlers came, they didn't know that there were these people that thought that, you know, all of this land belonged to them. You know, they didn't have, like, you know, established borders and things like that. They had a, you know, little village with a bunch of teepees. Well, you fear if you set up your house or your camp outside that village, you're safe, you're, you're cool. Well, that wasn't the case. The Native Americans claimed all that land around their villages as their land, and, you know, rightfully so. And, uh, you know, this led to a lot of wars and, and fights and things like that. Uh, and, you know, we did some nasty things like the Trail of Tears. I shouldn't say we. I wasn't there. Um, the United States government, you know, did nasty things like the Trail of Tears. Um, sending, you know, the army out to, you know, kill any Native Americans who didn't want to uh, move out of the way for the settlers. Settlers. However you pronounce that. Uh I always say settlers. That's my accent. I can't help it. So, yeah, you know, it, it. They say it's offensive, mostly because of the Chief Wahoo character. Uh, others, you know, say no, we don't see it as offensive. But whatever. I mean, times can change. You know, it's just a baseball team. Um. Anyways, so let's go down here. Um, possible new names. Um, I've heard, so we've heard the tribe. We've heard them say, go back to the spiders. Here are some pretty lame ones that WKYC put in their article. The Buckeyes. Well, that's the name of our college, Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, we've got enough Buckeyes as it is. Leave, leave that to Ohio State. Then they say the Guardians. What the hell? It doesn't. I don't get what the what the hell. Uh, the Rockers. Uh, there was a women's basketball team in Cleveland called the Rockers, uh, and you know Cleveland's the home to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and where the uh, term Rock and Roll was coined. But the one that I've heard come up. Um, Shitfire, what was it now? Not the tribe. 
Oh, the wild things. Because there was a movie about the Indians, and one of the main characters was this pitcher who was known for throwing wild pitches. His name was Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. And a lot of people, not a lot, but um, people would dress up. He had these big horn rimmed Buddy Holly glasses that he wore, and in the middle of the glasses, there was like a a skull and crossbones like if these glasses were a lot bigger but he'd have a skull and crossbones like right here and they would play the song wild thing when he would come out to pitch uh I, that's one of the nicknames i've heard the cleveland wild things that would be pretty cool but they'd have to do something with maybe uh movie rights and copyrights maybe um so unless they move to a different city, teams rarely change names. Um, however, it's begged the question, how did Cleveland's Major League Baseball franchise adopt the nickname Indians more than a century ago? Uh, chances are you, know, you think you know the full story. On the suggestion of fans, clubs, the clubs chose to honor Louis Francisco... Sokolesis, a Cleveland professional baseball player who was one of the first Native Americans in the game's history. The team's official media guide carried this claim as recently as this decade in a plaque honoring Sokolesis, Sokolexis, even resides at Progressive Fields Heritage Park. So who was Louis Sock Alexis? The son of Penobscot Indian chief, Sock Alexis was born on the tribe's main reservation, that's the state of Maine, in 1871. He was a gifted athlete who wound up playing baseball as well as football and track at Massachusetts's College of the Holy Cross. After two seasons and batting four point or four four four, that's like a ridiculously high batting average. That's insane. Uh, he transferred to the University of Notre Dame. But it was there that his off-the-field demons truly began to creep up on him. Uh, not long after arriving in South Bend, Sock Alexis was expelled from the school due, con due to uh, drinking problems. Longtime Indians post writer Terry Pluto detailed that what was apparently the final straw. Alright, who cares about that? So they named the team the Indians to uh, honor this Sock Alexis. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. I, I don't, like I said, you know, things can change and times can change. Um, I know a friend of mine who has spent a considerable amount of time 
a considerable amount of time stockpiling anything and everything he can get his hands on. Like every t-shirt he can buy with some variable of the Chief Wahoo logo. And now the team's not even going to be named the Indians anymore. It's going to be something totally different. Um, wow. Well, it sucks for you, buddy. Uh, you just threw away a, a lot of money over the last uh, couple years trying to stock up on everything Chief Wahoo you can, can uh, come up with. Um, you know, but that's what, you know, true blue Indians fans want. And if you take your sports that seriously, you know, that's, that's your, your business. Um, you know, uh, I would, it would be like if I, if I were such a dedicated Oakland Raiders fan, that I refused to accept the, the team moving to Las Vegas and wanted to, you know, continue to, uh, bought, went out and bought everything I could with the word Oakland on it, right? I, I mean, really, you know, Jerry Seinfeld put it best. You know, teams change cities. Uh, players change teams all the time. So really, you're you're rooting for the uniform. You're basically going, hey, our uniform is better than your uniform, because that's about the only thing that stays the same unless the team changes cities, is the uniforms. The players change uh, teams all the time now. You never see, you know, like the great teams of the past where. Uh, you know, Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth played uh, virtually their entire careers together. Um, you, you just don't see it anymore. Um, you know, the Yankees had a, a good run in the, was it late 90s or early 2000s? They turned the team around, but um, it was a different team every year. It wasn't you know, the same guys that they built through the draft, um, you know, like the Oakland Raiders. A couple years ago, they drafted uh, Khalil Mack and Derek Carr. And then, you know, and they, those two guys said, you know, we're going to be the foundation and the cornerstone of this team for years to come. And, you know, we're really going to, you know, put the work in and set the example and be the leaders and then Cleo Mack's contract comes up. He's the best defensive player in football. And the Raiders are just like, we just can't pay you, dude. And he's gone. You know? So, um, then, you know, they had uh, Amari Cooper. And him and Derek Carr were going to be the offensive leaders of the team. Uh, and then the Raiders, you know, Cooper had a couple great seasons his rookie year and his second year, 
and then like he just couldn't hold on to the ball. He was dropping like every pass, almost not every pass, but a lot of them. So they traded him to Dallas for some, you know, ridiculous low round draft pick, like fourth round pick. No, it might have been like a first and fourth round or something like that. But in, he had a stellar career with Dallas. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to re-sign him or not. But, you know, he's still a great football player. Uh, it's just that, you know, he was struggling in Oakland, and when they got a new coach, the new coach wanted different players. So, you know, Cleveland fans are just going to have to deal with it. And the team has a week to find a new mascot and new uniforms and, and, and stuff. Or maybe they'll finish out this 60-game uh, season as the Indians and uh, then move on to something else. I don't. I really don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So I'm going to wrap this vid and podcast up because I did too much time talking about driving uh, and, uh, stuff like that, so, with, with that, we'll go here, leave you with the...